Welcome to Be A Better Speaker with me, Graham David, expert speaker. And this podcast is for you if you want to be a better speaker, facilitator, presenter or trainer. It's full of practical tools, tips and techniques to help you be better. This podcast is sponsored by bluebeetle.co.uk and grahamdavid.co.uk. In this episode, I want to um, ask a slightly broader question, slightly bigger question. So this is less about some specific things I'd like you to try or to, to avoid doing. And this is a little bit more about the very root of why is it you're doing this presentation, the, the presentation you're giving, what is it you want to achieve? Now, I don't mean what is the outcome in terms of you want to make the sale or you want to convince people or uh, you want to launch a new way of doing something. What I'm getting at is what is the true benefit of making it a presentation rather than an email you send out or a brochure you create or or anything else. And one of the things I think people often lose sight of, particularly when they are new to presenting, is really the absolute opportunity which is so often squandered that a live presentation can offer you that's pretty much not obtainable in any other format. So often when I'm working with people, I will talk about uh, some of the things I've talked about in these episodes, less PowerPoint or ideally no PowerPoint. I'll talk about not introducing yourself and instead going straight into a story. I'll talk about using humour or movement. I'll talk about inviting the audience to get involved and and uh, give their input. And the number one response to this after oh that sounds great we'll try it the the concern that always comes back is what if that doesn't fit in what if that isn't really how we do things around here Um, there's always a challenge yeah we're expected to do powerpoints there's always a challenge uh, if i did what you just said there graham um, everybody would stand still and stare which by the way sounds not a bad response for a presentation um, more than more than several times I've heard people say, if I did that strategy you just explained, I'd be taken aside by somebody afterwards and gently told that's not how we do it. <clears throat> and this goes <coughs> excuse me, this goes to the heart of what I'm talking about. You see, when you give a presentation, you have the opportunity to stand out. You have the opportunity to be noticed to be the centre of attention, whether this is a few minutes or a couple of hours, you have the opportunity to try and make your case for the sale, make the case for you, make the case for your business, your organisation, for the new strategy you're launching. And it's all premised back to the point that the key focus is not the slides, it's actually not even the message, it's not only the effects that support you, it's you, it's you on stage. And when people say, I'm a bit concerned about that because I'll stand out or I'll get noticed or you know, it'll be different from what everybody else is doing, honestly, I want to scream from the highest points. Yeah, that's the point. You do want to stand out. You want people to notice you. Now, let's be real world. <clears throat> we want people to notice you for the right reasons. I mean, clearly, you could be noticed and stick in people's minds because you walk on stage and start swearing or you wear something wildly inappropriate or you um, 
try and be ridiculously funny and, and inappropriate when that's just not right for that particular situation. I'm not talking about any of those things. In fact, I'm never talking about being different for difference sake. I'm talking about being different because it works. Now, if you think back to all of the presentations you've seen, I'm pretty willing to bet you can't remember much of any of them. Some will stand out in your mind, and these are usually the ones that did the really stupid stuff, or very, very, very occasionally the ones that did something that was really powerful and worked. Think about your own presentations, and you'll probably notice that your presentations fell in a very narrow definition. So there's two lines, for example, that, that most corporate presentations are in these within these two lines. Chances are your presentations were absolutely within these two lines of all the other presentations you've seen previously. So if you and I work together a lot, right, and if um, I was the first person you had seen present, for you the norm would be talking on stage directly to the audience, high energy, virtually no PowerPoint slides if ever, a lot of interaction, asking a lot of questions, a lot of humour, eye contact, movement around the stage, whether it's uh, 100 people, a small number, 50 people, 10, 1,000 people, all of those audience members being treated as though they're absolutely part of the presentation. So if you then joined a very small c conservative organisation that had every single person presenting with the same set of PowerPoint slides, the same format, because internal communications has said this was a good idea, that always started, hello, this is my name is, this is who I work for, this is our company org chart, and then working through to the end, are there any questions? That would look ridiculous to you because you had developed your presentation ideas with me. But for most of us, it's that second description that I gave. Most people are used to, you will use PowerPoints, you, you, you will use your org chart, you will put questions at the end, um, you will try to avoid people asking questions throughout, you might open with a joke, but only one that does, and so on. And when you do that, you've got to be so spectacularly lucky and good and interesting that your message stands out. Because if your message doesn't stand out, and I hate to be the one to break this to you, your presentation was largely wasted. I was at a trade show today, and at any point there were maybe three seminars running, maybe four, uh, at peak periods, there were perhaps five or six seminars going. Um, most of the seminars were open to anybody at the seminar, uh, the trade show, which meant anybody could wander in and wander out of any of the presentations. And what was most telling was the ones that were busy versus the ones that were struggling. The ones that were struggling often had uh, half the seats empty. The ones that were succeeding, all the seats were gone, all the standing room was gone and people were standing two, three, four people deep to try and listen in. Now, what is the fundamental difference between these? And what it comes down to, if you, if you look at this, it's not what they were talking about. 
there were some interesting topics being discussed at this trade seminar, but it's never the the topic. It's never how new the topic is. It's never any groundbreaking news. That will, of course, help. If you're doing something brand new, it's more exciting. If you've got a particularly interesting topic, then you have an inbuilt bite for your audience. But the difference is solely how comfortable the speaker is in being noticed, in being different. So all the ones that were struggling hadn't really made the adaptation to the fact they were in an enormous hall at the NEC. There were a couple of thousand people wandering around, mad volume, but they were still working on the basis of this is an audience of professionals that want to hear my content. Now, you might think that's a reasonable proposition. The ones that were succeeding acknowledged the fact they were in a loud, busy environment and they upped their game. And they sometimes used slides, they sometimes didn't, but they used storytelling and they broke rules. I'm never talking about breaking rules to be different, but I am talking about when you start to notice what doesn't work for everybody, then do something different. I'm never suggesting you walk on stage and swear at everybody. I'm never suggesting you walk on stage and are trying to be hilariously funny. But I'm always suggesting part of working with all of the content I've been putting in these episodes is understanding at your absolute heart, at the absolute base level, that when you do these things, you're going to be different from other speakers. So I've had many people over the years say very, very kind things about how I present on stage. It's always lovely to hear. Um, <laughs> without being flippant, I never tire of hearing how great I just was, right? Absolutely love it. What's equally fascinating is that a much smaller proportion of people, but they do exist, love to come up and give me feedback on how they thought I did. And that feedback is often, oh, well, I do this. And it turns out they don't actually do it, but they'd like to. Or it turns out they, they were surprised that I did the such-and-such such joke, which they didn't think was going to work. Or they like to suggest that maybe I did this bit too fast or this bit too slow. I don't discount any of those views or opinions. But I know that part of the reason that every time I speak at one of those sessions, or whenever I speak generally, I have a packed audience, is because I'm allowing for some of what I do to be different from what everyone else does. Remember, it's never different for different sake. It's different because it works. So you have to identify what is it that you regularly and routinely do. You've never even thought of, but everybody does it. As humans, we want to blend in. Right? Evolutionary uh, Evolution dictates that by fitting in, we don't stand out. And because we don't stand out, we're more safe. There's an element of sense in that. Of course there is. But... What I'd ask you to consider is that when you stand on stage, you stand out, right? So if there are five people speaking your particular day, and if all five of you make the same lame joke about I'm a bit nervous or I can't, uh, you know, I'll try not to be too boring or, oh gosh, um, I'm what stands between you and lunch or, oh, we're, we're running a bit late, I'll try and catch back time all that dross you've heard a thousand times before, if you do that as well, you're lumping yourself in with everybody else. So the moment you decide not to do that, right? if everybody else walks on stage and says, thanks for being here, it's a real honour, I'm so excited. If you walk on and instead of saying that, you burst straight into your opening piece 
and you demonstrate with how you speak and how you talk to us, you demonstrate that you're pleased to be here, you're actually being far more genuine and you're being different. Now this means some people will notice you that wouldn't have noticed you otherwise. It means that some people will remember you and inevitably some people will give you feedback on your performance. Some people won't like it. But you have to be comfortable with the fact that when you do something different, it's going to be noticed. And ultimately, being on stage, when everybody is facing towards you and you're facing the other way, when you're mic'd up, microphoned up, when you have lights on you, when you've been introduced, when your name's on the screen behind you, when your name's in the, the brochure as you've got 20 minutes to speak, whatever it's going to be, there's pretty much a big invisible arrow pointing at you from on high saying, look at this person. So my question's then got to be, now we're all looking at you, what are you going to do? If you're going to try and blend in like 98% of other speakers, you're wasting that opportunity. So identify what it is that helps you blend in and stop doing it. Discover those bad habits that are you apologising for being on stage and maybe your content being a bit boring or your slides being a bit cluttered. If your slides are cluttered, sort it out. If nobody dare ask your audience a question, you ask your audience a question. If it's considered the norm to always use PowerPoint slides and do a three-minute overview of the business, well, consider not doing it. Maybe you need permission from somebody, but maybe you don't. Because in a pitching scenario, if you and I go head-to-head -head for the same client, I can pretty much guarantee the client is going to recall my presentation. I'm not saying they're going to buy me. Ah, there's pricing and there's fit and there's whatever the product is and whatever else to be, to be in, installed and included there. But if you or I are offering the same product at the same pricing, I'm absolutely going to ensure I do everything to get into the audience's head and be retained, recalled and remembered days, weeks, months, years even later. And that's it for this episode. Very brief little one. I'm hoping you have found that as thought-provoking as, as really as I have when I was sort of thinking this through, what it was I wanted to say in this episode. And it is that simple idea. And it's about coming to terms with the fact when you're on stage, you're going to be noticed. So you may as well be noticed for the right things. I hope that helps. And I look forward to hearing from you. As always, please let me have your feedback, your comments. Uh, if you have the opportunity to subscribe on your channel, I would very much appreciate that. And uh, do, of course, drop me a note. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Graham David, and on LinkedIn, I'm Graham David with a number one afterwards. Graham David, Blue Beetle. Uh, it'd be great to hear from you soon. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Be A Better Speaker. If you'd like to help me to keep making these podcasts for you, please consider subscribing right now. Leave a rating or leave a couple of words of encouragement. Be great to hear your reviews. My name's Graeme David, expert speaker, and this podcast is sponsored by bluebeetle.co.uk and grahamdavid.co.uk.